Father, as we open your word, we pray you'd open our hearts, that you'd speak to us by your spirit, and that the reality of the kingdom of God would become our everyday experience. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please be seated. So, in 1823, a man named Robert Atherton was born. Robert Atherton was born into a relatively wealthy family. His dad owned a brewery and made a lot of money off of it. Robert not only got the inheritance from that, but he invested it in railroad companies and made more. But his tombstone read this, Robert Atherton investing his life and wealth into the gospel for the heathen. This is how he lived. He bought a small plot of land, built a stone home on it, and he lived in one room of that home. He cooked his own meals. He wore the same clothing day in and day out. He spent all of his money on missions. He gave enough money to the Baptist Missionary Society and the London Missionary Society for it to be said that these groups may not have succeeded without the funding he gave to them. In the late 1800s, they reached more remote people groups than any other organizations, and he funded it. Is that what we're supposed to do? And I know at least a few of you especially those of you that have a little bit more money, when you hear a story like that, you wonder, is that what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to live in a single room, not change my clothing, cook my own meals, and just give everything away for missions? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Well, today is Mission Sunday. I want to answer this question. Not, what are you supposed to do? That's between you and God. I want to ask the que answer the question, what are we, as believers in Jesus Christ, all supposed to do? What does mission look like? At least one angle of it. For anybody who calls themselves a believer in Jesus Christ, Open up your Bible, if you would, to 1 Chronicles. If you can't find it, you're not alone. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Of course, I'm looking out, and at least half the congregation is on an iPhone. It's pretty easy to find there. You just click on the 1 Chronicles section. 1 Chronicles 16. What are all of us called to? Verse 23. 
Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Let's break that down. Sing to the Lord. Hey, this is not talking about just a random song off the radio and you sing it and God listens. This is specific, it's worship. Part of what we do every Sunday morning when we are singing, it is really not meant to be entertainment. It might be entertaining, but it's not meant to be entertainment. And the worship team is laughing because they're hoping it's entertaining for the right reasons. (laughs) But it is this right here. It is singing to the Lord. It is offering honor to him with our voices. And in this case, all the earth. This is not a personal thing between you and God, like God's gonna tell you to do it, but somebody else not to do it. Everybody is called to this. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of his salvation. Salvation here is his rescuing. And this can be everything from, you think back to the Red Sea, where he rescues his people. That's the story of Israel. To the cross, where we are rescued from our sins and offered eternal life. But you can also think about your own life day to day and the ways that God has provided. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a moment when you thought everything was just, it couldn't get any darker and somehow God rescued. But it's his salvation and listen to this. Tell of his salvation day to day. Think for a moment with me. What do you do every single day? What's a day-to-day thing? Brush your teeth. That was the first one I thought of, actually. Somebody just said it. I brush my teeth twice a day, every day. This is normal. That's a day-to-day thing. I sleep. I eat. There are things you do every single day. I have a cup of coffee. And when I don't have a cup of coffee, boy, by the evening, I have such a headache. Apparently, I'm addicted to coffee. Day-to-day Here it is saying, declare or tell the salvation of God day to day. What would it look like if every day you were saying to a spouse, to a child, to a friend, to a coworker, something about God's salvation every single day? Declare his glory among the nations. His glory here is his majesty, his splendor, his beauty. It would be things like his great mercy, his omniscience, his amazing, unconditional love, all of these things. Declare that among the nations. I want to come back to that at the end of this next line. His marvelous works, that's a part of his glory. It's a part of his salvation, But just think, what are the marvelous things that God has done, either as recorded in Scripture, maybe it's something you've heard from a friend, but also your own life. What are the things he has done in your life? I think for us, the most marvelous thing I can think of is the healing of my daughter from cancer. Can't think of a more marvelous thing 
But God has done so many other little things throughout our lives, the marvelous things that God does. Tell those things among the peoples. This passage, David says this, if you are a believer, period, you have a calling to honor him, to sing to him, to every single day think about the ways that he rescues and provides and actually tell those. Not just think about them. Tell them. Tell somebody. Say something about it. And to declare how amazing and wonderful he is, the works that he has done among the nations and the peoples. But here's something that is different from them as opposed to us. For them, it was pretty much a monolithic society. Everybody in Israel followed Yahweh. And for them to declare these things and share these things, they had to leave and go to another place, another nation, another people group. Do we? Yes and no, right? How many people groups are in your neighborhood? How many nations are at your workplace? How many people groups are at the school that your child goes to? See, there's a change here. We are called to go and we keep going. However, part of going is walking out your front door because there are people who don't know the things that we are supposed to be doing. They don't know the splendor and majesty of God. They don't know the day-to-day -day salvation of the Lord. They don't know the marvelous works that he has done. We have a calling every single person in this room, not because it's Mission Sunday, but because we are believers, we have a calling to share that with people. Now here's my hard question. Why don't we do more of that? Why don't we do more of that? Because I know this is not the first time you've heard this. I mean, anybody in the room not heard that we're supposed to share the gospel, we're supposed to share God with others. I mean, if you haven't, where have you been? I mean, why don't we? And I, I think there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I think we're afraid. And I think especially we're afraid to share with those right outside our front door. In fact, I think it's easier to go to Guatemala and share there because I'm there for a reason. Once I leave, I never have to go back. I don't have to look anybody in the face again. I can just share it and then I can go back to my comfy life in America. But what's it like to talk to a coworker that you're gonna see every single day and say something about the salvation of Jesus. Say something about the marvelous works of God. 
when they can then go, you're a moron. I'm never going to look at you again the same. I mean, there's a fear of what we will look like, how people will view us, what relationships will become. If we do these things, there's a fear that we won't have the right answers. I really don't know what to say. And you know, part of this tell the salvation of the Lord day to day, that is actually part of training you to know what to say. If every single day you are thinking about the ways that God has worked and is working in your life, you will have something to say. Number one, I think we're afraid. Number two, I think the fact that our to-do lists have their own to-do lists suggests we're a little too busy in our lives. That from sunup to sundown, we're running. There's always something more to do. There's always one more task, one more thing, one more relationship, one more this, one more that, and, it's just, and then what do we do at night? We're crashing, and then we're getting up the next morning exhausted to do it again. Part of the reason I don't think we do some of this is because we have no margin in our lives for it. How many of you like traveling economy on airplanes? Anybody? Okay, one, two crazy people in the entire room. And it, it, part of the reason you don't like it is because do you know what's happened over the last 20 years? There used to be about 32 inches between seats. The average now is 30. Do you know what two inches is like when you're already somewhat squished? Seats used to be up to 20 inches wide. I mean, first class is like 21. 20 inches wide. There are now airplane seats in economy that are 16 inches in width. It's no wonder you don't like to fly economy because the person next to you is actually in your lap while you're flying. But you know what? That's exactly what we've done to our lives. We just keep pushing more and more stuff into our lives and it gets tighter and tighter and more and more uncomfortable and there is no room to tell day to day the salvation of the Lord. There is no room to walk next door and say something to a neighbor about how beautiful God is. Our fears and our busyness are things that keep us from doing this thing that we're all called to. Without a change in our lifestyle where we choose, and by the way, everybody looking? Part of the busyness is your choice. You are making that choice. Don't blame it on, well, I have too much work, I've got too much this, I've got too much that. Part of it. I understand there are things we can't control. I understand there are days that are out of our control. But most of us live seven days a week out of control. That's a choice that you are making. If you ever say to me, I can't do that, I might say back to you, no, you're choosing not to do that. We all have choices. And if you want to be what God has called you to be, 
it will require a choice. So, we're called to this. There's a couple of reasons we don't do it. Why should we do it? And I could just say, well, because the Bible says, and then my sermon could be done and I could walk out. But then it would be like a 12-minute sermon. Nobody wants that, right? If you do, just be quiet. All right. Go back into 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 25. Why should we tell of his salvation day to day? Why should we declare it among the nations, among the peoples? Number one, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. One, and this I would argue is the very heart of all mission. Because God is worth it. Because God's glory, God's beauty, God's greatness is worth sharing both in our own lives and with others that the core of what we do it doesn't rest first in a need out there it doesn't rest first in just a duty well i've got to go do this it rests in how amazing and wonderful and beautiful god is right think of it like this so it took Aaron and I 20 years to finally get a real anniversary trip. Just because of the way our kids were spaced out and our schooling and everything else, but for our 20th anniversary, we went to Alaska. And when people will ask about that trip, they'll say, should we go? Yes. I didn't have to think about it. You should go. If you have never taken a cruise to Alaska and you are thinking about it and you have the means to do it, you should go. Why? It is so incredibly beautiful. And I mean, it is hard to put words to it. On our anniversary, the actual day, so we went for a week, but on our anniversary, we were, we were, on the, we were in the inside passage and we were on the ship the entire day and we were just watching and seeing this gorgeous scenery, unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And when I talk to people about this, I don't tell them they should go because of what it will do for them. I promise it will do something for you, but that's not the main reason you go. The reason you go, it is just so worth seeing. It is so beautiful. You need to see it. God is so beautiful. He needs to be declared. He needs to be shared. Mission rests in how beautiful and glorious and splendor God is. Number two. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Here's the second thing. There is a need. There are people who worship worthless idols. We have the God who made the heavens. We have the God whose majesty is greater than the beauty of that Alaskan landscape. 
they have a worthless idol. One of the reasons we do mission, one of the reasons we're to declare something is because we have something to declare to people who need it because they're following something worthless. And if it is not Yahweh, if it is not Jesus Christ, it cannot save them. It cannot give them what God desires for his creation because that comes only through Jesus. We have that. But people all around us do not. One of the reasons we share is because there is a need to share and we have this glorious God to share with them. So um, if you go look up um, Mercury right now, you will see that we have begun a small period of time where Mercury, if you can look at it, is going to appear to be going backwards. Just go look up Mercury. Right, it starts today and it goes to March 9th. And it will appear to be going backwards. And you will find a bunch of horoscope stuff that will tell you this period of time there's a lot of things you should not be doing, especially relationship things. Definitely don't ask somebody out during this period of time. It'll be all messed up. It's gonna mess your computer up. It's gonna mess your schedule up. Bad things are just gonna be randomly happening to you. So you need to be really careful from right now until March 9th until Mercury starts going forward again. Mercury is still going the same direction, I promise. It may look like it's not, but it is. And I will tell you this, it will not affect your romantic life or your job or anything else. But there are actually people who believe that it will because people believe in worthless idols. We have the beautiful living God. He is worth sharing. So number one, it's grounded in him, just who he is. Number two, there is a need. And number three, and finally, verse 27, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Our God offers something. Our God offers strength and joy. Our God offers purpose. Our God offers a future. Our God wants to give to us and to all those people out there who don't know him. Strength, joy, his splendor and majesty for them to come and to honor him and to know him, that is also worth sharing, that God wants to do that in their lives. Every one of us is called to be sharing day to day Jesus. And there is a need for it. And our fears and our busyness can stand in the way. 
it requires a choice and so the reason that Robert Atherton did everything that he did is a reason that sadly I, I think he's wrong it resulted in something amazing I mean he really did do amazing missional things but his rationale he was a hardcore pre-millennial believer who thought that once the gospel got to enough people, Jesus was coming back. The reason he lived basically in poverty, gave away millions, is because he thought it would bring Jesus back. But he believed it so much that he spent his entire life devoted to it. Now, I do not agree with his theology. Not about, I'm not gonna say anything about premillennial or anything else. I just don't agree that if we just force the gospel out and get enough people to believe, then Jesus is gonna be forced to come back. But his belief drove him to do incredible sacrificial things because that's what real belief does. It drives us. And my encouragement for you is to take the first part of this and to begin to think every single day, how is God working in my life? So that I begin to see it. To think every day about the majesty and glory and marvelous things that he is doing. And to realize every day that we have something that we can give to others. Some of that is food and water and money and prayer. I, I want to encourage you, sponsor children. Give to mission work. Pray for missionaries. Pray for people who are going out and sharing the gospel. But I also want to encourage you, this is your faith. This is your God. And we are also called to go. And whether that is to Guatemala, to a different country, whether that is this summer to go to Longview, Texas, or whether that is to walk out your door to your next door neighbor, we are all called. And the more we know our God, the more we celebrate and honor him, the deeper that belief can sit and strengthen and encourage us to go as we are called to go. Would you pray with me? Father, in your great love, you did everything necessary to bring us into relationship with you, to give us new life, to give us hope for the future, to give us strength for today. Lord, let all of that every day become more and more our reality, that we can live out of it. Lord, I pray this morning for conviction for every person in the room you, Lord, almighty God, you are worth sharing. Would you embolden us 
strengthen us. That all that you have already given and all that you are still going to give, we wouldn't just hoard it. We wouldn't just hold it in. But we would begin to share with others as we are called to do in the great commission of our Savior. And Lord, that you would use that to draw more people to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.